1: podcast network.
2: Not much man just uh here ready to do another episode of One Nation Radio. Um I'm actually going on vacation uh the second half of this week so I am going to Boston. So going to
3: Boston for vacation? I am. So, so, I'm uh, assuming this is like your honeymoon situation, right? Or no? Uh, anniversary vacation. Anniversary vacation. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a little different. Gotcha.
2: Kind of just picked a spot out on the map, and I was like, I've never actually been to Boston as an
3: adult. At least it's the, well, it's the tail end of the summer, so it might still be good weather. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it'll actually be a little, little. you know, it'll be good enough for like a light jacket. So, um. Yeah, I want to check out some of the historical historical stuff, and you know, you know, the take what? a trip. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
3: the historical what? stuff uh, like the revolution stuff.
2: Like, there's some of that. There's there's okay, there's okay, a lot okay. of lot of okay. other shit. Too, okay,
3: okay. Um, you talk about historical stuff. How we talk about like you know the 1970s when it was out here riding over buses.
2: <laughs> i mean you know we can we can pick out anywhere you know see that.
3: yeah you can but like boston is kind of particular for why they're so sensitive about being cut off for their particular racism in their city they're the only ones that they're they're only ones about what about what about what about we there's plenty of time to get to them we talk about y'all right now <laughs> and they never want to talk about them ever
2: um, so my, my brother actually lives in Providence, uh, which is, he lives like 20 minutes south of Boston. So okay. I, I may see him as well up there, but, um, yeah, what's up with you, man?
3: Not too much, man. Um, trying to get my sleep life right, but you know, how'd that go with me? So, uh, you know, all things come with, uh, with perfection and patience, I guess. I don't know. We'll see how this goes, but I'm trying to figure out a way to where, um, I can get up at a I can get up at a certain time without like just like being exhausted. Like for me, it's either like I can sleep forever or I can not sleep for days. So it's like it, you know, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. I just can't figure out how to be like, hey, we're gonna block off these six to eight hours. We're gonna put them at this time and you're gonna get your ass in bed and you're gonna stay there and doze off and get your ass up in that in that time frame. It never works out for me that way. It's always like, oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go to sleep at like midnight. Nope. Six hours later. And then it's like, <laughs> fuck. Alright. Um I guess I'll just I guess I'll do this later. Maybe we'll see how this goes goes tomorrow. Or tomorrow there's, night.
2: There's always more wrestling to watch.
3: It's so. not about wrestling. It's just, you know, I just can't I have problems with sleeping and it's always been like that. But um and it's always like this weird thing to where I feel like I get to a point to where I could do this and then like and then my body says, absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, nah, forty eight hours I'll see you. It, 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 just, it's, it just works out like the other. Sometimes it'll be like you know, damn near seventy two hours. But um, yeah, man, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll see how this goes.
2: So I should be back home next week in time for One Nation Radio. I fly I fly back home Sunday, so Monday night I should be good to go. Okay. Um, and um so let's get right into the show. Um it was kind of a light news week in wrestling this week, so uh, we did solicit a few questions. Uh so we're gonna start with some rap stuff. So MJ does PR, he says hip hop pick'ems, and he has three uh different groupings of cities. So uh we've got Atlanta
3: or Houston. Uh it is Atlanta and it is not particularly close.
2: I have always kind of liked Houston I know I liked Houston first more okay yeah like because I don't know for me it always felt like I always felt like they were doing hip-hop I recognize still like because I saw DJs and um, you know their own kind of uh, thing like with like sitting sideways and there are more different in a yeah. way yeah it, 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 it was it was more it was more rap I, I recognize or whatever mm-hmm. and, and Atlanta was just like all
3: over the place, kind of like. Okay, so the thing with Atlanta, and I'm sure you peep this now is in retrospect, is like it's so diverse that it doesn't matter. Like you don't know it. It could be anything. Like mm-hmm. rap out Atlanta could be literally anything. So um, it could be Young Thug, it could be Gucci Mane, it could be uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, right, right. and anything in between. Um, so. The the thing with that I don't think gets um, enough credit for Atlanta rap is that so much of it came from Planet Rock. Mm-hmm. After like I think, um, especially like the eighties DJs, these this, you know the Cascades, Skating Rinks, like like in like in ATL and all the jokes, ha ha ha. But like that eighties. Skate, skating music was a big influence, and then from there, um, you had the DJs, and then pretty much for the face of face of Atlanta rap um, from a national perspective, it was really nowhere on the map until Outkast. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also, you know, if you want to throw in like just black music in general, like then you throw in like Jermaine Dupri and um, the Lafae stuff and. TLC and The Brat or whatever, right? You could throw that all in as one big thing. And then, it, you know, and then more people got shots from different areas. And, you know, there's so, there's so many acts in Atlanta that it's like, um, eventually, you know, by the early 2000s, it was kind of a rap and they took over. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stuff like, like Lil Johnny Side Boys is like, Incredible music that I wish like there was a an analog for today, but I really don't think it was I think the closest thing you pretty had was like the Ray Shimmer dude, uh you know do Swaley and um and the other guy but um it's just it's just not there in that way like the like that whole crunk era is kind of it's not it's it's not even it's not that like there's energy out there, but it's not that kind of same energy of like we're in the club, we would we would our, me I'm with me and mines. We are throwing up. We are throwing up where we're from, and a fight might break out in this bitch, like yeah. And if someone has yeah. to go to the trunk, someone has to go to the trunk. So be it. But like we are going to, we're all we'll to be. We like we're going to be out. We about us and ours. We don't really give fuck about you And if it comes down to it, you can be the cool with it, or you can be, or we can buck, and it is what it is. But um, like when Lil Jon basically, Lil Jon and Dam and all that kind of stuff took over like as as pretty much more or less, I don't want to say it's, it coincides or it's, I think it's more for coincidence but like as Outkast stops making albums together um, like it's a weird thing because like then you have uh, T.I then you have Jeezy on the scene and like Jeezy is a person that's like a, definitely a tipping point person like for me like I first heard Jeezy like in 2004 I thought he was the worst rapper I've ever heard in my life like, those beats are incredible, but that shit is awful. Like, this is nurse rhyme mm-hmm. shit. And he, and then, like, as I see how he, you know, he actually improved as a rapper, like, by Can't Be a Snowman, he's like fleeting, he's so much better than he was by uh, 2004 as far as technical rapping ability. But, um, like, that was his own thing. And then, like, Gucci came, uh, got in, and went in, came out, all that kind of stuff. And the Migos, like, there's so much stuff. There's just so much stuff to where it's like, if you are a Houston, if you like Houston, there's plenty of stuff, right? From zero to screwed up, click to um, Alt- Starface, UGK, which is Port Arthur, but we we include that or whatever else. Let's say you'll say East Texas, right? Hey, little flip, F- yes, flip as well. Uh, a there, all of them, Liberace, right? so, you know, Paul a, Wall, a house, wild house, all that, right? Paul Wall and chameleoner as a group, yes, yeah. Um, I forgot what he uh, I forgot Mike Jones. <laughs> so like they had that scene and it was like it's pretty much like the 2004 through 2007-ish 6-ish and like it was incredible it was incredible it was fun and like you mentioned like the elephants the elements that are like so um, more recognizable for for rap with the DJ at the forefront with the vocal chops and the screwed up uh, vocal chops and the samples or whatever else it was there right Mm -hmm. Um, it just for some reason it, it, it just didn't it, it turned into a, a, a bit of a fad nationally as opposed to, like, I don't, you know, I don't think there's any reason why Miami, like, became the sustainable, uh like, regional, re- like, southern region as opposed to uh, uh, Texas. I just don't. Like, I think, you know, they had so many good rappers. They had so many good rappers like uh, Michael Watts and, like, uh, the Carnival Boys. Like, they had some raw, uh producers, too. Like, it just didn't work. And then, like, you know, you, you kind of like can fast forward to Travis Scott almost. Yeah, Travis but,
2: Scott, Meg, but um, yeah, Meg as well. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I, I always just like it, it, I listened to a really good podcast about DJ Screw not too long ago, mm-hmm. and it was it, it like I like Houston more just because it's a direct line on more what and what is in line with my sensibilities. Like around mm-hmm. the time Atlanta was like going crazy, like you said, like that '04 and all that. Like, no samples. Lil
3: John basically, like, right, I remember he's just you said, yelling, remember he was, it like, was noise. I remember once if he's like, You're like, he, like, he is more or less like, not what's the word for producing it. Uh, he's basically like putting out like a lot of similar stuff. Like, you know what a Lil John beat sounds yeah. like at the time, yeah. So, I get it. Yeah. And then you had, you know, you also had people that were similar, like that, like, um, freaking, uh, <clears throat> oh, what's his name, um, Zaytovin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Zaytoven had some of the worst sounding drums that people still listen to because it, it was Gucci. It was just, it was, yeah. I, 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 we was wilding. they or not yeah. we. They was wilding. That's true. <laughs> but like, you know, like, I just think like, just there's so much firepower of so many different acts, and it's almost overwhelming to even to pick Houston. Like, if you pick Houston, it's literally like you're making the choice of Like, I just like these guys more. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like the, the freestyle king. Lil' Flip, you know, uh, I I used to enjoy seeing Lil' Flip come in the booth uh, on Rap City because I'm like, man, like like who's gonna come out here and really rap like that? But then mm-hmm. like you know, um, you start going through all the old t- old YouTube videos, like Ti's getting in the booth, killing it. Wayne's getting there, killing it. Uh, I know Wayne's like New Orleans, obviously. He's like the cutoff point, ironically, between these uh, two cities. Well, or whatever.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, especially um, after Katrina, when like half you know like. Pe- uh, You know, people evacuated Houston and Atlanta, yeah? Yeah. I, like,
2: there's a there, there was a, one particular one. It was Lil' Flip in the early days. He was in there with the Yin Yang twins, but, like, they was just kind of in the back or whatever, and they fucked around in the beginning, but he was rapping on the clips um, when the last time you heard it like this. And I was okay. like,
3: nah, nah bro. Lil' Flip, nice. Bro, like, I, I used a long Lil' Flip. When Flip can rap. Flip can rap. It's just, you know... I don't, you know, I don't know what he really had as far as support for like the following albums, and then like the Ti thing. And... Yeah, Down with the king. Yeah, you know. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, so we got some, we got some more cities okay. here. So I don't, I don't want to take them all the time, but yeah, it is a uh, interesting uh, combo. But uh, he says Brooklyn or Queens. Oh shit! Um, yeah,
3: man, I, I feel like I feel like I'm. You know, I'm biased, so I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say Brooklyn. Like two, like two of my three favorite rappers all the time are from Brooklyn. So I can't same, yeah. same, and then Fab. Like <laughs> you gonna do it like that, and then that guy, that other fucking know, guy,
2: and and then Big Daddy Kane, and then like uh, you know, all your modern guys like Pop Smokes from Brooklyn. Um, uh, they uh, they they've just always had. Lil' Kim's from Brooklyn. They, they've had lots of people from Brooklyn and Queens on the other side. Is like you know, uh, Nicki
3: Minaj, Foxy Brown, Fifty Cent, LL Cool J, Nas, Nas. Like yeah, it's
2: there's a lot to choose from there. there and then a like lot. the old era is like you know, I believe like the Juice Crew and all those folks. And uh, but Kara is like you know, said like the bridge is over, and this so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? What? What was they gonna do with that? You know, um. But yeah, Brooklyn is just too, um, too much. Like, like, like Nas is great. Don't get it wrong. Where's Lloyd? From, where's Where's Banks from? Banks from Queens. So, so Busta Rhymes
3: Queens too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. There's they like this is a tough one. I have to actually like just off the top of my head, I can't even do it. Like, cause it will take so long to have to remember like two hundred yeah. different people to, to just come out to be like write it all out and be like okay. Or whatever else. That's so a that's a good one. I have to I have to sit down and think. Now I'm sure there's some like um, New Yorkers that are like screaming at me or whatever else, and I'm just like, hey man, like I, I listen to rap around all the regions. Like I'm not I I, I didn't think you're you're uh, I was gonna say your wrestling like it's Vince McMahon, but like I didn't think your your rap was like the end all be all. There's just y'all had a lot of it out at the same time because location, location, location. So you got
2: Mos Def and Tali Kwali also in Brooklyn, yep. uh, a- MC Light of Brooklyn, yep. uh, a- AZ, Bobby Schmurta yep. ODB, um, and all them Staten Island dudes on their own island over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mano, Uncle Murda, not really a fan of Uncle Murda personally. Saigon's from Brooklyn. Didn't
3: know. That's right. No, I- yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He's from He's from um, Brownsville.
2: Yeah, rappers from Queens. I just wanna take a quick glance over uh Cool G Rap also. Um from Queens. You have someone like <laughs> Where is uh I-, I need to know where Chuck D is from. That's, that's what I that's why I know. That's a good
3: question. I I never knew that. I will
2: right, we'll figure that out. Huh. Chuck D. Chuck B, like, Jersey.
3: What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's from Flushing, New York, so it's okay. A little so different. It's okay. basically Queens. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man. I don't
3: know. I'll still take Brooklyn. I, I need. Uh, we might need to go back and do this one, uh like, come back next week. <laughs> Would exist, but I, I just bias. I'll take Brooklyn because you know Jay Z and, and Biggie. So I'll just so take L take A or the Bay. L A or the Bay. What are we including in L A? I mean, L.A. is like... like Are we extending out to Long Beach? Yes, like... Yes. Okay, well, then I will be be taking L.A.
2: I'm taking L.A. also. Um, Kenja Lamar, The Game, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, NWA, Ice Cube, (laughs) and there. Um, Lots of other... You mentioned The Game? Yes. Yes. I will always make sure The Game is not forgotten. Um, Um, Yeah, man, I...
3: It was deep, bro. Like that whole scene was like so, you know, dominant. I mean, wait. So wait, 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 wait. Gotta ask. When you add, when you're saying the bay, are you in, are you including Tupac? Yes.
2: I'm giving two. I'm giving Tupac to the bay primarily. Would you because also give?
3: Would you also give them the? We also give them to the Baltimore. No. Okay. No. You know, you know, you know, because he fr- you know, he fr- you know, his his actual
2: career started in um the Bay, yeah. So just, and cool. like okay, and, and he has like no like L A ties and literally until the last album that he made while he was alive, yeah. So, because they
3: because they paid his bill, right.
2: So yeah. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and, and give the Bay Area that. All right. Um, so
3: so that would be that be, be too short. That be too short. That be E forty. We're gonna include Vallejo. Oh, um.
2: Mac yeah. Dre, Mr. Yeah. Fab, keep the sneak, Spice One, rapping for Tay, Hammer,
3: yeah, um, Hammer. I, but I don't know it, you know, at this Wap point, Wop Four Thousand, that's yes, Wop Dead Four Thousand, yes. Sure. <laughs> yes. I actually, it was funny because I actually saw him um a couple months ago, like he was hanging out with Kehlani because you know when K. Ke- and he put he had. Uh put the do-rag on Kaylani's baby's head. And I was fucking howling.
2: <laughs> and how could I forget the, the best of them all? Don't say G Easy. Lil' B.
3: God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna take the, LA The best part was I said G Easy to stop you from the foolishness. And you you trumped G Easy with, with with Lil' B. And like G Easy not even like a bad rapper, but it was like, don't mention no white rappers. Don't <laughs> go <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> like, the most, the most we open up for this shit is, uh, is uh, Paul Wall. Like, for example, we right. just do, Like, okay, right. so, where... BC Boys, where, 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 where are they from? I forgot.
2: They are... That is a good question. I want to say Brooklyn. Same here, they, right? But, they but we might didn't, not right, be. Right, but we
3: didn't mention it at all. Like, they might be from, like, well... I don't know when Red Hook got gentrified, so I can't... Um. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Park Slope. I'm not thinking of Red Hook. I'm thinking of Park Slope. Uh, yeah. So you, you have to tell me. They were. <laughs> it's that random. Just New York City. <laughs> it just sounds. I mean, maybe all three of them from different places.
2: Yeah. Who knows?
3: Or, or yeah. Sim is who knows, who, uh, man? Uh, scoop them like, up.
2: Who knows? Okay. What? Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah. It says from New York City. All right.
3: I'm watching be Manhattan, they, they... yeah, they was just hanging out. Yeah, down there. why not?
2: Unbelievable, but uh, yeah, Paul Wall, like he he gets to slide in. You know,
3: I, I don't know if he gets to slide in, but we just included him. I, I guess you know, I you know. I don't know about I don't you know because then slide sounds like we giving him like the the the, the picnic thing, and I'm like I, I ain't doing that. <laughs> like, hey, Paul Wall was like sliding on them beats. Yes, the people's champ. Yes. You know? Rolled up like, with the
2: Intercontinental title on you, boys. Yes,
3: I want to say, uh, a couple weeks ago when Nikki was in a situation, uh, he had tweeted that Nikki got in there going nuts. I howled. Yes. I howled.
2: All right, man. Um, so our next question comes from uh, Sam from uh, Wrestling Headlines, uh, also soon to be so suplex. Uh, he said, Given that we are up to two years of AW dynamite, what has been your favorite AW story slash feud?
3: Favorite AW story slash feud. Oh man. Um That's tough. Like I'm kind of stuck between like how much I loved the Moxley Jericho television and um more or less like the the Yum Bucks in or the split of the like Hey Man versus the Elite more or less. Mm-hmm. Um like basically from or you could say like two thousand uh twenty that that part of it. Like not even going to like him moping for the last eight or most of the year, to be honest with you. So um there's been some good stuff. Um I guess I'll go I guess I'll go with the elite stuff. I guess I'll go with that. Um, I liked the
2: the lead up to Omega and Moxley, I thought it was it was awesome. It, it was a lesson on how to heat someone up in a heartbeat. It was it was funny to see like um you know Kenny Omega's quote unquote hanging out on national television for a year, right? And then snap his fingers and then like he's cutting promos and then he's heat up the off and wins the belt. Um, i thought that was awesome and then rolling into um the matches where uh Kenta came in and then the uh the exploding barbed wire death match like the whole Meg Moxley program was probably one of my favorites um i liked Cody's TNT title run a lot um i thought it was one of the more important things obviously the company's ever done because it really helped establish uh, the next championship they introduced. Um, I also uh, have liked the, the formation of the super elite, like, you know, and bringing in Callus and uh, the bucks turning. And I, I thought they've had a very awesome title reign and, I, I think, it, you know, that blends in with Heyman versus the Elite. That's is really the story of the promotion in, the, in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, I think we should mention that um, Jericho and Cody was great until yeah. they did the goofy thing. MJF and Cody was great until yeah. the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know, like, um, but yeah, they, there's been a lot of really good television. Um, Kingston and Moxley was great television.
2: Yeah. They were, they were cutting like promos where it was like the last person that had
3: the mic was going to win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I mean, bro, Brody and Cody was great. Um, yeah for the time it lasted. Darby and Cody was great. Um, yeah. I really liked Inner Circle. I really liked Inner Circle versus um, The Pinnacle. Um, the matches. They were good. They were good at the past. Like, I feel like the television was better than the matches, but um, still really good television. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really good stuff. Uh, trying to think.
2: Um I think they also did a great job with. Damn, who was it? Um, slips my mind at the moment. If it comes back to me, I will come back with it. All right. But um, yeah, man, we've got um some some topics here. Um, so AW had two shows last week. They had a pretty well received show on Wednesday, Friday. Uh, had the great Brian and Nick Jackson match. Um, so I guess we can start with that Brian, and Nick Jackson. So like, I've always wanted to see Nick Jackson versus Brian. Like, I don't know why randomly, um, when D- Brian came into promotion, like the first guy, like he actually put hands on was Nick Jackson. They have a history from PWG. I just thought it would be like a neat match or whatever. Um, I thought it would be like the match they had, uh, it was good, but I thought it would be better. This was just like an exhibition and like Brian Nelson just kicking ass, like that's that's pretty much what it is. So, like, I thought they could have done a more spectacular match, but maybe it wasn't about that.
3: Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was a very good match. I'd probably give it in the high threes, but um, yeah, it wasn't the match I was spending. I was spending, you know, especially after I think you had sent, which is. You know, something I always take with a grain of salt whenever people talk about how great some matches has taped in AEW because like there have been some times where they've been absolutely right and there have been some times where they've been absolutely wrong. Um more times they're right than wrong though. That should be noted. Uh but um I thought the match was very good. I thought it, I told thought that Daniel Bryan looks great and I thought Nick Jackson um I don't know. Um he missed a couple of sh- strikes or whatever else. Actually, they both did like, and I think that kind of held it back. Like, I feel like if they had, were able to stick it in their brother, um, and connect it more times and now we're talking about, a, we're, like the way the match is laid out. We're talking about a better match. It's the execution actually betrayed them, which is the weird thing. Cause it's dangling Brian and Nick Jackson. Um, but yeah, like there's definitely a better matching them someday. If we ever get it, I don't know. I, we might get like one more match between them ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so,
2: if that's what it is, like I'll take it, like it's cool. Um <laughs> but yeah, man, I th- I think Brian is um the his two matches in AEW, he's like this is not the same wrestler that's been in WWE. This is somebody fighting with like much more like passion and heart. And, he's
3: not like, an underdog.
2: Thank you. Like and and it's 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 refreshing and before people like start trying to clip this and be like he wasn't an underdog at WrestleMania 35, I'm like all right, let's do the percentage on his career, please. Um, like it's refreshing to see him wrestling like as like hey, I'm the best, which like that's what it kind of was when he heated up in WWE and they didn't ever
3: like portray it like that. Um, They didn't, but the thing is. I don't know if this is by design or not or just total access because most of the great things that happen in WWE are by like either just negligence and incompetence that led to like a fan outrage that sparks him into a good creative or um, they, they just don't know. Like Daniel Bryan got squashed and people were furious because they wanted him to have a great match with Sheamus uh, mm-hmm. because they could have a great match together. And then the next pay-per-view they had a two, a two out of three falls match that was great. And then that sends Brian on the path for the, you know, the love square thing with AJ Lee and Brian and Punk and, uh, and Kane, where at least you get that match at, I believe it was, I um, can't remember where it was, but like over between the limit. Brian. Over the limit, yeah, 2012 between Brian and and um Punk, that was great. So like all, you know, and then you end up getting the team hell no stuff, which then he, Daniel Bryan still made that work and they were great as a team uh, for a long time. Um, but by you, 2013, he had been, you know, he had got so hot that it was like, by the time Cena says, like, there's nobody else I could face, it's like, well, yeah. And everyone's doing the yes change. It's like, this dude's fucking awesome. We really like this dude. Like, only y'all think he's an underdog. This dude is kicking the shit out of people. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, all the other stuff, you know, it's been over this million. Things that have been said over the years, a lot by us as far as Daniel Bryan, and AEW, or in WWE, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he's just he just he's just cold. Like he's cold. His and all of his wrestling just physical in, in a way that where like he lays it in. It feels real because he's kicking shit out of you, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him at times. And like that's the beauty of wrestling. Like all you got to do is make somebody believe but so much, whether it's this much or this much, and then you can take it from there once you get them. And Daniel Bryan's always been really good at that.
2: Yep. Um, so you actually had brought something up about rampage, like in the crowds. Cause I was watching the show and kind of noticed it as
3: well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so the last two shows and definitely after the pay-per-view, um, because they're taping shows, like the crowd is so far below what the live version of that particular week's show so um if you want to go to the pay-per-view that was immediately a- or the show dynamite and the taping of rampage that was immediately after um all out you look at you you listen to those crowds and clearly like there's one crowd that was hyped for two hours television and then by the third by that third time that third hour came out, or however many the I don't know how many I don't know what's on Dark. I have no idea when Dark's taped now. But um That that ten to eleven when they recorded Rampage, is They weren't as excited. Um they were tired. And then um the real the is the worst was really like for me, um the Grand Slam when they had the, when they did four hours. Those last mm-hmm. two four hours were just like This is not the same. This this is it's the same crowd, but it damn sure don't feel like what it was. Uh, you know, watching the first two hours on Wednesday, um, and I felt that while watching watching it like on tape, I felt tired watching on tape. I didn't, or not on tape, but watching it live, live.
2: like watching it live was like. And exercise and looking at your phone to, like, stay to to give yourself a break to stay engaged. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you a thing about Penelope Ford versus Anna J. like nothing. It's like, not. it. Was, I, was, I was just holding on for dear life until, like, midway through the main event. Mm-hmm. And mind you, that's like 1150 at night on Friday. So it was yeah. like, man, I hope y'all don't get no wacky ideas to ever do two hours at this time just because it's going to be a struggle unless... Yeah you're doing you're going live and you're deciding like you know we're putting hot shit like in and, and you know they had like moxley and kingston versus suzuki and archer but at the end of the day it's like yeah they're just doing a walk and brawl deathmatch and it was like uh, all right cool and it's like a novelty match it's not something that is like this like like narratively important or anything.
3: right um and I- I think most of the... You're right about that. I think the biggest country, country, uh, contributor to that crowd output was the fact that like they were... They were tired. Like, there's only so much you could do. Um, now, for me, um, watching last week's show, I was just like, all right, this is the third time in the last four weeks they've done this. And they did those first two weeks in uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago. And obviously, you cannot replicate um chicago obviously right like that's the return of one of the biggest one of the most important wrestlers of the last 20 years of wrestling returning after seven years you can't can't replicate that that's so i'm not even going to try that but they they have to figure out a way to get a second taping um on fridays at at 10 like i understand that um I understand that they you know they probably don't want to do that many you know fl- people flying in twice or whatever else but have people send whatever their promos in via whatever instead of having to come in twice a week then if that's the case because like it's the one of the biggest things for aew's wrestling is they have incredible crowds that are super excited for the wrestling but um how many how many floor dives are you how many floor dives are you gonna see before you're like all right I get it um in one <laughs> in one sitting. So, like, uh, in this, is no, not like the best wrestling shows I've ever seen have been, you know, over four hours, some of most of them. But it's like, this is weekly television. We're not putting on the best, we're not trying to put on, you know, a, a, a show <laughs> of the year contender. We're in this case for four hours. And, like, you kind of need that four hours. And that's the reason why WWE only does three hour pay per views now. They've yeah. managed to learn the lesson as far as, like, we can't be pinning people out there for that long. You're like, yeah, it's going to hurt the crowd.
2: Yeah, um I, I think they should try to figure out like something with the taping schedule because like I think the the real thing for them is like double like you don't like I think you can get away with maybe doing like two live shows in a month like on a Friday. I don't think adding all that production, you know, for another show for like and you just add that Literally double your shows through the rest of the year. That's like a lot of cost, and it just doesn't. I don't know. It, he says he wants to treat it like an A show, but it's like I don't know, man. Like there's always a big match on the show. There's lots of like
3: great promos. On seconds. paper, it is. On is on I, look, on paper, I'm, it doesn't feel like a secondary show from what we've seen. The problem is. The crowds are fucking exhausted. So, like, yeah, when you watch it when you watch one, and you tune into one, the other one two days later. You're like, "What the fuck happened?"
2: Right, and it's like, the like y'all was just crank. Like, like what
3: happened? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Like, how do wow. y'all go from being, you know, a new a 2019 New Japan crowd to being a 2000 or actually like the last five years of WWE? Like yeah, went, and, all the and, and this
2: Rochester crowd did feel like a WWE stand-in crowd, um, <clears throat> but a lot of what chance, a lot of shit like that. Um,
1: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain—maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But many health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: So we did have a TNT title match. Uh, Sam Guevara defeated Miro um, for the TNT title. New belt for him has the diamonds in it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. So it's it's essentially the black belt, but instead of like the plate finish in the middle, all of it is jewels. So okay. it's hard. Um, Sammy uh, picks up the the belt, beats Miro. So I guess we gotta we gotta give Miro the eulogy here.
3: So what would so what would like Tony kind of done if Miro had shot and said no? Nah, like what would he have done with that belt? Like the belt was clearly already made if it's already been you know so quickly. Like this been in the plans for, for weeks if not months. But what if Miro had shot? What, what 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 happened then?
2: I think that is one of the classic questions of One Nation Radio is like, well, what if, what if they shoot? You know, <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if he would, would, would have wanted to try Sammy like that. You know, Sammy would have had something for him. I'm sorry.
3: Am I hear? You? Am I miss? Am I mishearing you? you, know, Sammy, you say
2: Sammy quit with the feet. You know,
3: he's quick with defeat. Okay, maybe he is. Nah, but, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, um, uh, love the match. Uh, this was, uh, uh, a pleasant surprise. Um, I had a feeling the belt may be changing, especially when they were in the main event spot. I didn't watch the show live, I watched the show the next morning, but okay. I caught the results when they were coming out. Had I been watching live with everyone else, I'd have been losing my fucking mind. But, um, yeah, I this guy I picked out very early on and thought he would be a big star, and I was very happy to see him. This is Miro's first loss in a promotion. Um, Miro has basically come into the promotion kind of like a shell of himself, right? From WWE just, like, treat him like shit on the way out. He's part of a cold storyline. He's just, like, pretty much as low value as you can get.
3: And then he comes in. Don't be calling people low or high value on the show, Kevin Samuels. You stop this right now. You stupid. You stupid. But, like, you know, he basically
2: what I'm trying to say is Tony Khan wasn't getting 2015 Rusev walking in the door. Mm-hmm. So, what he had to do was make his own, essentially. And, you know, it took him a little bit with the Kip stuff, but Kip ultimately became someone to unleash his fury on. And then we got the fucking redeemer and, uh, he just killed lots of people with the belt, wanted an electrified fashion, uh, over Darby Allen. Um, and then went, uh, against Lance Archer. Uh, he had matches with Lee Johnson, with Brian Cohen, Jr. Multiple matches with Fuego del Sol, Eddie Kingston on the pay-per-view. And then I believe that led him, uh, to Sammy, And all throughout this, you know, they were talking about Miro's like certain hubris and his weaknesses. And uh, I thought it was a really well done thing. If you tie all those threads together, like you can tie a knot essentially. And, um, you know, the, the neck that Eddie Kingston used to talk about the uh, turnbuckles that Miro had won matches with in the past, came back to bite him. Uh, His, you know, his treatment of fuego del sol came back to bite him in the end. And, Sammy was able to take advantage of all that and have this crowd yelling "Sammy, Sammy, Sammy!" and um, I thought it was a it was a class way. I always talk about how does someone lose their belt? Uh, he did it in style, and I think he's um, definitely like when people lose belts, it's always like, all right, where do they go? I think he's positioned to slot right into whatever's going to go on with the world title after Ken- Kenny comes off it. And I don't know if that's soon, but if there's a babyface that needs someone to fight, Miro's standing right there uh, in the first one to two challengers. So that's where I see him fitting in next. Um, but, yeah, that was my impression of Miro's title reign. Uh, what, what did you think of, of his reign? And then, uh, you know, what does this mean for Sammy?
3: Um, I thought his reign was really, really fun. <clears throat> like, I've never really thought about it from the context of... Um, I, I, I was happy for him for the fact that he after some rejiggering and showing like I thought that it showed the level of um, commitment to booking that um, that Tony Khan has and their creative has like things don't work they readjust until they get it working and aside from like the nightmare collective pretty much everything else like a lot of things don't work Immediately, especially like the imports that come from WWE, a lot of them are not just like fantastic off the rip, right? Like a lot of them, you had to rejigger and figure out. And I think it's testament to like the relief in like their people, to where it's like we're gonna push you. It's not if it doesn't go work, it doesn't work and go over like gangbusters. We're not just gonna immediately get rid of you in three weeks. We're gonna have some patience, and we're gonna try to rejigger things, make it work, like. You know, it's interesting that this happened in um, in Rochester, but like, look at look at Dark Order. There are plenty of promotions that would have said this shit sucks, throw it out, the, throw it in the river, and they stuck with it and and in working out for the best. Um, and Miro's definitely another example of that. And Miro had to do a lot of adjusting. Like he came in, he was a gamer with with with, with you know, like he was. Like, he had, you know, he had expensive clothes on, but like, he was fucking depressed with that hair. Like, the like, the number, of, <laughs> like the number of people I've seen, like, that make depressing music or songs about being depressed with, like, with hair like that is like, made you want made you worry what was going on with him. Um, but then he basically said, uh, he basically flipped it. He turned ruthless and he started beating up geeks. And like, there are, there are a few things, uh, that I don't think Rusev can't do. But one thing I know for sure is he can beat up some fucking geeks in impressive fashion and skinny wimps and small people and be a bully. And like it worked like that's kind of more or less what got him over in 2014, 15 was he never lost and he kept beating up people. Um, and Who knew? more or less. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Just let, let him, let him be a dominant asshole. He's not necessarily cool and. Like he'll he'll get over it. It's always worked for it's worked for him before, it worked for him in this case. And obviously, um being more or less like a lapdog of the Russian government is different than uh what the Redeemer character is, but like just at its most basic uh um uh concept, like it was that, like, he is just gonna be a big bully that that's going to sell or whatever else like crazy and flop like a fish at times for people. But at the end, he's going to win and stand victorious and be a bully. So, um, I thought he was really good. As far as the future, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, there are a bunch of baby faces to plug in the top of the car with him. Like, in recent, um, AEW, we have with Adam Cole, we have with Malachi Black, and we have with, uh, Miro like an abundance of heels that you can slot in and, and put into programs and big matches with, with all the babyface that they have at the top of the card without, without a title and it's new and fresh like you ha- they have all of that. So um, it's, it's just about how they want to deploy all of that, and, and I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, as far as Sammy, happy for Sammy. Um, they have been giving him a bit of a push ever since um, he won the. Um, stadium stampede. The Houston proposal thing was a big deal. Um, I, I would have been okay if he had lost and came back and won it off him later, but, um, it's fine where it is right now. And, um, I wonder what kind of champion is going to be like, our, you know, because most of these, cha- most of the TNT champions have been for the most part, de facto fighting TV champions. But and it seems it like
2: that. he. It seems like he's already starting that kind of with, with Bobby yeah. Fish yeah. coming in, and yeah. I was taken aback
3: by that one. I was like, "Really, Bobby Fish? All right, <laughs> Look, man." I understand we give him the uh, the you give him the just for mainstream. Bobby Fish can wrestle. He's really good. He's still really good. So, like, I expect him to have a really good match. Um, as far as you know, like, I expect Bobby Fish to sign AEW because, well. You, you, come on now, like the the story was, Adam Cole showed up to Vince it, met at SmackDown the same day they fired Bobby Fish.
2: I'll let you tell it.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna go no further than that because after that's regular speculation. But there's um, and this is a bit of reckless speculation, but like they were close, they've been around each other for years. Eight like all the elite guys have known Bobby Fish for years. Through Ring of Honor and PW and everywhere else in Ronda indies, like he's a likable guy. I'm sh- they find a spot for damn near anybody. I'm sure he'll, he'll he comes in. This is just more or less tryout slash you're already signed. Just have a pulse and you'll get signed. And <laughs> they'll go out there to have a really good match where Fish will eat him up with submissions and kicks. In and in some you have to overcome that. Uh, and with with his uh athleticism and they'll win and they'll probably shake hands or they'll start a feud or whatever else. But like Bobby Fish is going to be all elite.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think Sammy is going to tap into his human highlight reel nature, I think, and really explode with the belt. Like sometimes you heat someone up before the belt. Um, other times it's like, Hey, put the belt on him and then let him see what he does, what he can do with it. And, I think that Sammy is a guy that can rack up a load of defenses against whoever, and do all the high flying. Like you tell me, like we can get Dante Martin versus Sammy Guevara on a show. I would love to see that. Um, he can go through all all those people, and then he can lose to a monster heel. He can lose to somebody like um, they already kind of planted seeds for Scorpio Sky stepping to him, uh, Ethan Page, like. Whichever way you want to go with it, you can do it. You can put it on like a big star, or you can try someone else out eventually to take it off him. But I'm going to enjoy Sammy's uh, TNT belt because he is, as MJ said, MJF said, one of the four pillars now. So, <laughs> what did you uh, make of this uh, th- this four pillars thing that uh, MJF
3: pulled out? I mean, it's. I was I was laughing. It's and cute. Because, like, you know, we, we often talk about those four together all the time as far as, like, they're the young guys. gonna <clears throat> like, they're probably, be the, we're, they're expected to be, like, pushed from the beginning to eventually, long term, take the reins over from the Moxleys, the Omegas, the Codys, the Jerichos. Like, you know, like, there's a reason why Cody was tied to Darby and tied to Sammy um, on the first episode of Dynamite. Right, like there's a reason why Darby, um, has been tied to Moxley, and why Moxley loves it, loves him so much. Right, there's a reason why, like, all on the way, like you think about it, go back, like I, you know, how to think about it. Like, it's obvious, right? It's not no so pro- profound thing that I just uncovered, right? I didn't discover anything, but think of all the cosigns Darby's had.
2: Yeah, he has Cody, he has Sting, Cody, uh...
3: Sting, Moxley, Kingston. At this point, like. When I'm he's the AEW, when he's the AEW world champion, eventually you'll look back and be like, "This was the oh, setup all along the fucking way." They, they
2: were telling me a, a thing the whole time. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and it wasn't and it wasn't something as lazy as, "Oh, we're gonna do some fuck shit," and then we'll have the Rock come out there and raise his cousin's hand. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe she had the Rock like show up earlier. Like yeah, mm-hmm, er, that would have helped way earlier. But then again, like. He ain't getting the right to show up uh, and come to all them fucking uh, Raws to to go, uh, you know, do that. But, you know, we get my point. Like, he has been... He's been naturally
2: integrated with those people. In
3: AEW... uh, Sorry, in WWE terminology, we would be saying that, like, MJF and Darby and Sammy. And um, Jungle Boy, we would be saying it like those are Tony Khan's golden boys. We don't call them golden boys here, but we would be calling them that. Like we like that's they're almost like the OVW class, the old mm-hmm. OVW class in a way, where it's like those are those are the four. They'll make it eventually. Watch over time, um, but yeah, like um, as far as so it makes sense. Like we always talk about it. It's, I think it's interesting that like they also were pre- perceptive to it as well. Slash, like, yes, everyone gets the agenda, you know? But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was cute. Like, obviously, I don't think, like, you know, I don't know if these are all, like, Observer Hall of Famers or, like, that level of talent, but whatever. And also, and like, then, then you start thinking people start doing the, the parallels. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. You got a long way to fucking get to Kibashi, my friend. And, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, who's Kibashi? You know? I mean, I don't know who Kibashi is, but I know who Masawa is. Who's Masawa? Oh, Darby. Yeah, I, I I
2: could agree with that. I mean, look, um,
3: just for no other reason, just for no other reason than like, I mean, if you ask me out of them four, who's most likely to, to, to ultimately like uh, God lose their it. life in the ring? <laughs> God damn it! It's 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 Darby Allen. It's re- like
4: so, MJF.
3: No MJF is gonna be wrestling until he's fucking fifty-five.
2: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I think Jungle Boy has got to be Kobashi because they started like beating him like a drum mm. in the beginning and Kobashi never won a match forever. He he lost like some like his first 100 matches or some shit
3: like that. <laughs> okay, so if that's the case, I would say yes Kobaj for the reason that um I do it from the from Vince's perspective. If Vince were looking at the four guys in a lineup, the person mm-hmm. he was likely to pick because of the hair would be jungle boy much same way that if you line up taui and and the rest of them f- and the rest of them uh four, like he would pick Kabashi. um
2: and i i guess sammy by default ends up being taui and then that makes mjf kawada
3: i don't know it, it's not it, it, this is not look talk to talk to kingston about this
4: yeah. Talk to Kingston yeah. about
3: this. Like, yeah. this this was a rough comparison. Have, have it we gotten Eddie liberal. Kingston's
2: thoughts on this? Like, can 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 the One Nation Radio listenership ask uh, Eddie Kingston on Twitter what does he think about MJF talking about the four pillars? Oh, and he AEW?
3: Look, for all we know, that was a shot. That was in a shot for a, a Derby promo or for a derby program. That was a pro uh, a shot for a Kingston program. He came out <laughs> and like, oh hell, I know goddamn well you didn't come out here and and, and blaspheme. So, yeah, man, yeah. like, I, I made that same joke uh, more or less about um, they made sure that Kingston had his matches out the ring uh, yes. before MJF said that because he would have stormed the ring. Um that man would have had to get held back as he's wearing his black and yellow yes. trying to storm the you ring. You're going to you gonna have to straighten me by talking about Kawada. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, like. It's a neat thing, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be like a literal thing and actually like full full on branding of t-shirts and stuff like how to get yeah, pictures and all yeah. that kind of stuff. No, nah, I don't think it's gonna turn into that, no. Nah.
2: Yeah. Um the <laughs> the star perhaps of the show was an inanimate object. Um it was burning up Twitter, trending for days. All the memes, all the jokes.
3: Wasn't a was uh, it was an inanimate object or was it a because uh, the inanimate <laughs> object wasn't there, but the, the gesture uh lets you know that there would be an inanimate object.
2: Yeah. Um Arn Anderson, Yeah, Arne Anderson's Glock 9. <sighs> I grabbed the Glock! <laughs> the Glock 9. The what? Alright, so um Lee Johnson basically pulls Cody Rose out of the way, gets the pin on Dante Martin. After the match, we, <laughs> this nigga Aaron Anderson comes in the ring and tells Cody, he's like, the difference between me and you is if I was getting carjacked or you were getting carjacked, you would say, please, mister, don't hurt me. Here, take the car, essentially. He said, me, I had to grab the Glock and blown his brains all over the concrete. And he held up the uh, the finger, the hand, made the gun gesture, and R. Anderson's Glock took off like a
3: rocket in the sky uh, on Twitter. Yes, Anderson nine millimeter says, "I just blew your head off." Yes. <laughs> um, what do we make of this? Like. It was hilarious. It was it was just so random. No one was expecting a, anything close to that. So people were like, "Wait, what the fuck is going on?" He's like, "It's been a long time, a pretty long time since like we have um, made any references to actual guns, like mm-hmm. on a major I American professional wrestler." Can I can I finish my point? Yeah. Okay, so it's been a long time since that I can remember since someone made a, a full on reference to an actual gun in in America major American professional wrestling in that way. So I think a lot of people pop with like, oh shit, like people talk about, you know, um, arm when, um, when someone calls someone a bitch or says the word shit or say they gonna whoop their ass on television. But well, you say yep. you're gonna, you going you like, like the difference between me and you is I I really kill one of these like hey, it's I want to spend in that on my. I want to spend that. I spent to Orange, see Orange Cassidy, you know, not care. But you talk about, hey, if it come down to it, if it's me or you, it's not, it's damn sure it ain't gonna be me. Um, that was that's kind of wild, like Arn But it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it it does make sense. It makes sense. This man debuted in nineteen eighty two. Yeah, like what what American very on brand. What right? territory pro wrestlers you know what that wasn't strapped that were successful. I'm sure there were some. Most of them weren't. Most of them were strapped.
2: Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, this is like one of the funniest things I've like seen. Like completely unintentionally with the comedy. Uh your boy Conrad was immediately on it. You know, he was a Carney himself. Had yeah. the shirt ready. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was pretty fun. Like it, it was a fun. It was a great night for the for the memes. Um, it was just incredible, quite frankly. So, so, you guys in the Twitch stream. I have pulled up the lyrics um, for "I'm So Hood." Rick Ross has a part in the song. God damn
3: it! Oh I my have it God. highlighted
2: here. Uh, if you guys can see it. Um, on the stream this is incentive to join the streams live. Oh my um, God. And if you guys are, are seeing it on the stream, I do have it perfectly aligned there and highlighted. So uh, that's essentially what Arn Anderson said. Mission so.
3: ain't <laughs> gonna take <cut> no time. <laughs> I murder one of you.
2: <laughs> join oh, the streams. Man,
3: 2007 was about is unbelievable.
2: Yeah, or was that two thousand
3: eight? No, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah, 2007.
2: Um, So we also had uh, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy in another of the four pillars here. Um, so uh, this was awesome as well. This is a um, match. Um, the fun-ass battle match. of the battle of the hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Never thought
4: about it.
2: Yeah. So Adam Cole is really really over. It uh, continues to show up in these towns, and it's like. I, I thought Brian Alvarez had a great point. <clears throat> I was listening to him review this show and he said, think about all the guys that they've called up the last however many years. And they didn't call up Adam Cole. Yeah. Like they've called up Shanky and then like they let Adam Cole go to a W like that is malpractice. Well, Any way you slice it, they
3: didn't let him. It's a contract. The contract <laughs> ends, and he of his free will decided to leave. Correct. I get what you're saying, though. But they let him. Leave they didn't. Insi- they didn't do anything you. to incentivize him to stay. I get you. Correct. I get you. Like
2: they didn't bring him up earlier. They didn't do like they well, knew this guy had. You know it. what was
3: going to happen. They brought him up earlier. He'd been. He'd been like Malachi Black. It, but
2: they're ricocheting leaves in shanky like this is this is it's not going to get over like what, what the things they're doing and we're seeing these tickets in these towns and i'm not just talking about the little ones in kentucky i'm talking about ohio like cincinnati i'm talking about new york where aw's kicking their ass hand over fist everywhere you want to look you want to talk about the barclays center and why aw full gear is smoking survivor series and the tickets anybody got an answer because I can tell you um, it's down to how the product you can trust uh buying a ticket and know a great show is coming. They just demonstrated that in Arthur Ashe. Um, you never know if you buy a ticket to a WWE pay-per-view if the top rope is going to break in the main event for the finish. Like you never know what you're going to get. And That's then true. you know the UBS and Long Island three to one for AEW and it's like, what, which one would you rather go to, Raw or Dynamite? This isn't. This isn't even. You asking thought. me? Yeah, and no, I'm just. I'm just oh, putting it okay. in general. You know, I ain't to
3: but... either one of them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> man, please. But um, yeah, man. Like it's uh. Which one I'd rather watch? Oh, definitely AEW. I ain't watching no main roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I didn't watch no WWE, like, because it killed the shit I was actually watching. The last, the last lifeline I had to this fucking company is like, nope, fuck 'em.
2: Yep. And <laughs> Specifically, then, uh,
3: James Boyd, fuck em.
2: Uh, Dylan says paying front row for a WWE paper pay-per-view show. You might not even get the match you were advertised.
3: Yeah. So um By, oh, your second most important match. You don't care. <laughs> yep. So two, like more sport matches, like we're not going to be finishes. We're not going to be satisfied finishes or conclusions. We don't yeah. care.
2: Yeah. And, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're saying too. <laughs> um, and, and it's not like they need us. So like, I think a lot of fans are showing that they, that we quote unquote, don't need them. Uh, if you want to go to Saudi Arabia with all these big matches and have these shitty shows, we don't have to watch them. And then we won't buy our tickets when you come back here. Um, but I say all that to say Adam Cole, um, <laughs> has, you know, just rolled into the promotion and he's off to the races. Uh, I thought this could have went either way. And then, you know, deep into the match, sure. it was like, oh yeah, Cole's going to go ahead and put this away. Um, and I thought he, uh, you know, this was another, it's another, uh, lesson for jungle boy, um, where he's not on Cole's level yet, much like he wasn't on Kenny's level, much like he wasn't on uh Jericho's level, and these are all like kind of different tests for him to eventually like come back to and I thought it was uh I thought it was a really great match,
3: yeah, I did too. I like the story of it where like and I talked about this on the show with imp um on Thursday, like the story of Cole is the vet with all all the x p compared to um in the world compared to jungle boy in Jungle Boy tries to set traps and Adam Cole's like, I learned that shit 15 years ago. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're gonna you oh, you're gonna run to the corner and then jump and then jump over my bat. No, not going for it. Um, and, and there was multiple po- points and that happened, but like Jungle Boy then in the that match happens, like, whether it's Adam Cole being too cocky or just going or thinking um Jungle Boy, you know, isn't experienced enough or is too tired to think about it, like he tries he tries these traps and like Jungle Boy's like no, like I'm like is he's learning on the fly, like from mistakes during the match. And I thought it was cool. Um, I thought that him kicking out of the Panama Sunrise was a step too far. Um, Who does he ever beat with that? Uh, in, in in NXT? Yeah. He's won matches in NXT with that. Uh, i I think that I think the thing for me, more or less, is like. It depends on who's doing a Canadian Destroyer, right? Like, if Phoenix... like I'm sorry. If uh, Pentagon's doing a Phoenix... Uh, I'm sorry, not Phoenix. A Canadian Destroyer, like, you know, it's just a big move, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to pin anybody to put on any weight, but, like... I, I've seen him in combination of concert, like, give someone... Canadian or put someone, put someone basically knocks the fire out of them with that. They may kick and get the last of the fire out and then hits you with the last shot or the boom is as he's calling it now. And that's like, that's a setup move. It's like, so for me, like it felt like that was a perfect finish. And then like he kicked out and they, it went a little longer and, and I don't know if it necessarily made the match better, but it did give jungle boy something to say that like he's tough enough to put up with like the more or less like the best shot in, in, um, in Adam Cole's, uh, bag. So I get I get why they did it. I don't think it was I don't think it was like wasteless and stupid. I just think like, I don't I I probably would have just ended it there. So I'm I'm kind of two minds on it. But like me personally, I'm like end it right there and then like in a second match, like he kicks out of that with with Cole. Mm, um, okay. I, I I would be cool if he chased Cole eventually, or in in a way that similar, <sighs> kind of not necessarily fashions exactly what happened with Darby and Cody, but something like he needs a goal to chase after right now. And like, it don't, it seems like it's not gonna be Christian. And Christian going to be his more or less sting. Um, so for me, I would have been cool with if he had, you know, um, wow. lost I right think, there. I
2: think he should have did the Panama sunrise on the floor and then kicked out. Um, you know that would have made it more familiar. You know, for everybody,
3: you gotta say that for a big match, and that's like a very in the match. Everyone's exhausted. You do it on the floor, and then you get the, at least you get the, the benefit of he got hit with the shit on the floor, and it takes forever to actually get Gargano into the ring before the pin. So like, you get the thing of damn, like he kicked out of that, but like you at least have the bell of it took forever to hit the cover. Whereas he got dropped on his fucking head and immediately pinned. He's like, nope, kicked out. <laughs> Heart of a champ. Heart of a champion. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I mean I can I honestly can see the, I can see why they did it. It was to give it was to give the impression that like Jungle Boy lost, but he has more heart than even maybe you had thought. Like I get the reason why they did it. So, I, but so I'm you know like I don't think it was a mistake. I just think I, just as far as a choice, I would have went the other way with it. That's all.
4: Hmm.
2: Um. So like some of the women's matches on this show and also Rampage, I saw them and I was um not particularly impressed by the tag match that that happened and not just just in a general sense like that doesn't really go like with my my larger point like because they'll have like they've had bad matches before so that's not like anything new or anything but like <laughs> um i saw um the three the time.
3: yeah like <laughs> the fuck like i you know
2: you know they're you know they're Varying skill levels here that we're working with. You know, some people are 16 year veterans, but can't quite put it together. And then some people are brand new, and it's like they just haven't had the time uh, to do it. Like I was watching uh, the three way match with Jade and Nyla and um, uh, Rosa, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa, all the experience in the world. Looks great, fires up, um, everything you want in a wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. I'm watching Jade. Um, uh, Jade's strikes look like the shits. Like Ole Anderson would would had, would rail on these. Um, and I'm just like, I like All the right.
3: forearms with uh, with Nyla. I'll give her that.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. It it seems like she's got a little bit of that Nyla in her, where Nyla sometimes like she used to it used to feel like Nyla was hesitant to really hit people or whatever because mm-hmm. she might not know her own strength.
3: Well. She, I, may, I think, she may or may not have in kayfabe or otherwise been told not yeah, to hit so hard so who knows what who knows what she got going uh, through her mind right now yeah that, that rose to the top thing I think was entirely fake oh I but, think it was too yeah. but at the same time I'm still gonna clown it how dare you how dare you in <laughs> how, <laughs> how Shuri's ring saying you can't slap somebody hard get the fuck out of here
2: <laughs> bro I saw that I was like get
3: the fuck out of here yeah I, I i feel i was like oh that's that's clearly uh that's clearly a reality show work or whatever else but i still at the same time I'm like who's watching this gonna fall for this
2: simpletons I um that, that think these women these pretty women shouldn't be hitting each other this hard oh that's that's God. that's who would fall for it but um
3: i watch pretty yeah. women each other hard all all the time it's fucking awesome it's fun Sorry, agreed. Like, agreed. I'm sorry. Like you're not gonna make them unpretty if you hit them, if if they hit each other, like you know, they're I, like let so, them have the matches they can have.
2: So so the tag match, um, it was you know the the aesthetics you know were off the charts in this match, but we had Anna Jay and Ty Conti against Penelope Ford and the Bunny, and I'm just thinking like, all right, it's been like two years on national television pretty much since Dynamite started. Mm -hmm. Um, The development plan for the women, it feels like it is like for some of the ones they're trying to get better, like your Penelope Ford, uh, your Nyla, your Anna Jay. Like, I don't see where the growth can come from simply um, because we know they do one match on Dynamite. They do one match on Rampage. Uh, and it's competitive to get that spot, right? And if you don't get that spot, you might be on a dark. Okay. Doing a possibly an enhancement match, wrestling somebody that doesn't work for the company. Uh, it's not often that they make them square off against each other on dark. Only sometimes. I just don't know if training with Dustin is enough f- for them to get where they should be. Like as far as like becoming top line workers like a thunder rosa or something like that like i think they should be looking like they have i think they should be looking to set up more partnerships i know it's tough because of the pandemic and stuff like that to just send people places they might not necessarily want to go but um yeah i i don't think i think the development plan is flawed i i don't see how they can get better and it's going to take them longer to actually achieve better results than like like we can't send someone to start them for six weeks and that would be like ideal like hey you're gonna go to a fucking dojo for six weeks train like hell and have you're gonna have 10 to 15 matches and then come back or something like that like i don't know if anna jay has had like i don't know how many matches she's had this year let's just Mm -hmm. say that
3: well, she just came back from injury. Came back from fair.
2: injury. So, how about Penelope Ford? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many matches Penelope Ford has had this year, and like, I can't reasonably expect her to get better without matches against people that she can actually learn from. And like, doing the enhancement matches doesn't like take you any further. Like, is Big Swole necessarily a better wrestler now than she was in 2019?
3: Um, I do not believe. Like, so. Maybe I. I, like, would say I don't that... know. Okay, so. Uh... I agree with you. And, you know, we've talked about this a, a bunch. Um, I think that. Um,
2: like, and it's not just a blanket like, hey, give the women more TV time. It's like, hey, I think the developmental plan is like flawed.
3: Right, 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 right. Um, I, I think that, like, for example, Nyla and. in uh, um red velvet got statlander and red velvet and nyla have all gotten better than the first time i saw them right so it's not like the uh it's not like uh nobody's getting better the problem is um none of them are gotten better to the point to enough of them haven't gotten better to the point to where like you can you feel like you can rely on all of them or you Mm -hmm. rely on most of them uh so for so um just looking at it uh penelope's had 21 matches um, this year, uh, so twenty in AEW, and um, all right, eight minutes, three minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, seven minutes. All right, uh, one match went ten minutes. Twenty-one minutes of battle royal I don't even count. She's had one match that's gone ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, like, not all you know, seven, eight. All, not all ten, sub 10 minute matches are the same right like they're working a they're working a more or less traditional american style in 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 the aw women's division um as far as tempo and pacing so it's like their their eight minute women's match is not the same thing as like some some four minute high speed match with hazuki or, or or starlight kid or whatever so it's not even like a fair comparison but um it's it's tough man like i think the best option would be to try to get them some partnership with shimmer and shine but a lot of these wrestlers have already done that you know yeah. um like we I, saw I like shit we saw statlander in, in the freaking um new york city uh shimmer right and I th- like and I,
2: th- I think it's a function of people in the united states promoting women's wrestling as like a, I don't want to say caused, right, but like accepting anything like as far as like this is good. Everything's good, like like no one wants to, I think, call it for what it is and be like people aren't ready to necessarily step into national promotions. And it's just like I think a lot of people like in this day and age, like you feel pressure to put on like a competent women's division in America, even if these people most of them, I think, are ready. Like I don't want people to get my um, my thinking completely. They got
3: more than half a dozen women. They have well, they have probably between okay. So just American women. They have mm-hmm. more than a dozen American women or Western women that that are good enough to be on te- TV. So on someone's television. So like that's not the problem. It's not that's not so much problem as like all right. You look at the depth of talent in the in the tag division in the singles men singles division, and you compare that to what they have in the women's division. It's like, how do we catch up? How do we catch up to get to the point to where we can have, uh, you know, a half hour of dynamite or or forty minutes of dynamite or a whole hour of dynamite, like for the women on a random week? And like, I don't really see it. And fundamentally, I don't see a path to that. Other than like we got to get people up in the promo game and then like start building or fleshing out the vision like on, um, more on dynamite than dark and like there's never been a situation where I, where I've watched uh dynamite or rampage. I felt like yeah I'm sure they, they the women were mostly on mostly did their thing on television than on YouTube. I never I've never thought that and it all it comes it it starts to become a self fulfilling prophecy in a way like the women are getting better but not at the pace that you that you would hope for and the pa- the pandemic hasn't helped that but like we can't just rely on ja- on on Japanese shows promotions to save to save uh you know to save the whole entire ecosystem of wrestlers um and this is, and I'm not even talking about like um I'm not even talking about like AEW's of a division. I'm talking about like American wrestling in general. Like, granted, mm-hmm. we have guidance come in all the time before the pandemic, whatever else. But it's like they, get, aside from the few, most of them are staying for for you know six months, like Jamie Hader did to get better, or you know basically spend a whole you know two years of her, of her career like B did to get better.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. So it's or someone like it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. Like you know it people going to have to t- apply to trade and figure out like, you know, if Thunder Rose can do it, then like a lot of people got to figure out, or you know, that special situation is a person that trains in, in, in MMA and all that kind of stuff. Jiu-Jitsu, like... But like, if there's a path in like, trying to find a path for, for for people to make this all work in num- in large numbers. Like, that's the hard part. Um, yeah. That's the hard part. And like, you know, if that's something that you want to want to see out of your women's division, then you will do the hard work for that. And like... AW, not just for the women's division, just in general, have not had the patience for growing pains. We talked about this before, like
4: yeah, they like
2: not, growing pains aren't going to be tolerated because like a there's under so much pressure, like not only
3: from like like they're under fire almost at
2: if for anything. Anything na- goes wrong.
3: Narratively, it seems like that. Yeah. yeah, it seems like every. I mean, you know, every single week is like, oh, it's up fifty thousand. Oh, it's down fifty thousand. It's it's, it's, it's Is the future or is in the shits from week to week? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, like, um, I think, you know, Thunder Rose is a good person to uh, to look at. Like, I think they should begin working her promotion in, like, and I I know she's got lots of people looks on Elevation and uh, stuff like that. That's Mm -hmm. really cool. I think they need to go a step further with that. And also, Dustin has his school and then, like, come up with and they have the Nightmare Factory. So, like if they can do something between those three to where they're doing more matches, whether in secret or not, like I think they just have to literally just open up the ropes and, and get them, get people in there and like get people familiar with, with folks and ready to to wrestle them. Because I think it's a, uh, like, I don't know if it's a, well, I don't want to say I think it's a weakness, right? Because like you can, I feel like they can smoke in mirrors and cover it up, um as good as they can they can have a carl shooter wrestle somebody right and mm-hmm. then whatever but i like you said that depth and then seeing the weeks like where the rotation falls to like that tag match right mm-hmm. and it's just like what are we doing here like yeah. like these are
3: struggle matches like yeah <laughs> so and the thing is like penelope you know i've said what i've you know, I've said what I've said over the last couple of years about, like, how Dave Meltzer lost his fucking mind about how, you know, about whatever the, you know, the future outcome or trajectory is for for her. But, like, she's let's gonna, look at her. She's going to be on TV. Right. Let's
2: look at her since then. Right. <laughs> like, she's come and gone different times. Uh, I don't know if there's injuries at play there, but it's like she's not necessarily any further than she was in that match. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. Yeah. Just something I, I, I figured I, I'd mention because I, I looked at it and I just was like, what is the, what, like, what is the
3: plan here? <laughs> and like,
2: and you know,
3: so. Oh, like, I mean, the plan is like, they should just push like Layla Hirsch and red velvet and like to a certain level. Right. Like, should they be people that are like ch- chasing after, you know, the the top of the card, the top of that division, sure, to get, eventually get them to that level, and then they, like, I trust them. I trust mm-hmm. them. I trust Britt, even though her matches aren't exactly, or hit and miss sometimes, or a roller coaster between like, very good or just mid. Um, I trust Sheeta. I trust Riho. Um, I trust Serena Deeb. Like, so they have a nucleus of talent that absolutely, like, you can have people you can trust, but the thing is like, it, it, it's one thing to have you know, less well, than ten of them, that then like all of a sudden it's like you got, you know, damn near twenty dogs. You know what I'm mean? saying? I hate to say well, that. Like- hold, hold on. Dogs like people you know you can go into the trenches <laughs> with. Like yeah. and go and go out here and do and you just trust them implicitly, and like not only will they you tr- you trust them not to fuck it up, you like you know they're about to deliver and have a great match. Like they over time, think- that's the dream. That is the dream. Right.
2: And I think this is like the problem that I think WWE gets into sometimes with their women's division where there's the two or three great workers that are at the top. And then there's like this fucking ocean. Of they don't trust nobody else. And then like, there's nothing for the people at the bottom to do. And right. I don't want that situation to really oh. manifest itself. I know also, it could be, could show up any day, but if you can
3: avoid that, that yeah. would be awesome. Also the AEW because I keep forgetting her, Ruby and Jamie and Statlander. I trust them too. Yep. Um, but yeah you're right about the women's division uh, divisions in um, on May roster is it's just like horsewomen plus Asuka, they trust with anything. They'll trust with anything. And then everything else is like they trust they also trust Natalia, right? Yeah, everything else is like, uh, like a red Rick uh, You're right. They just like They're just hoping for potluck. hopefully this shit'll hold us through. Hold it. Can, can you hold it in the road? Can you not crash the car? <laughs> bring your ass come on come on come on! it's like it don't need to be like that um like i think a lot of it i think we'll see like once all of this you know a lot of this shit hits the road with like nxt releases and and people in reaching the end of their contract or whatever else um as far as being able to figure out like what the main roster wants with two divisions that are always paper thin or um or like what happens with like the fallout eventually when like those contracts come due and people are tired of not being fairly filled because like to have Tony Storm and Tegan Knox and um, Shotzi Blackheart regardless of you know how, how much how much she's like hit or miss like they just have them around and be like yeah we gotta we gotta just take them we gotta get them up to the main roster to do not shit with them apparently and like. <laughs> You know, like people are eventually going to, you know, talk to Ruby, one of the nicest people in the in industry, apparently. And like, there's going to be some talks, and like, they all know Brit, and you know, and they all know, and a lot of them know Brandy too. And like, there'll be talks eventually, and like, people are going to cross over, and like, they're going to, and they're going to see for themselves, and then the word mouth will come. Like, do I think? Do I think all need to show up? No. Um, like because like eventually there will be a, a there will be slots open up in the women's side and on the main roster. Um, once Oscar ages out or the horsewomen age out, just as far as them not wanting this to do this as much anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. so and keep in mind, like that was always a tough trans. That was a tough transition. Remember two thousand fifteen, trying to transition from the Bellas and and Paige and AJ Lee over to. Um, the horsewoman that took that seemed like it felt like it took fucking forever, and then it finally happened. Um, I feel like I'm almost at a point where we didn't get really a chance to enjoy it because Vince was too busy doing goofy shit with them at times. But like that happened. Um, and but that's when we talk about the growing pains. Like you say what you want to talk about WWE and like how bad their creative is, but like there has been things that they've wanted to do. They they will and they even. To the detriment of uh, their fandom, like they will, like stick to something, commit to it, and like the worst one was a big deal because like I never thought it was gonna come back around for Bailey or uh, or Becky, never did. I thought like they, Vince fucked them and was like we're or fucked them over. Let me, you know, got gotta because people will clip you. People will clip you. <laughs> yes, uh, like. like Vince fucked fundamentally fucked up Be- uh Becky Lynch and fundamentally fucked up uh Bailey because he doesn't know how to he's really bad with like inherently lackable people. And then like eventually after a year time he looks over in that corner like fuck it, you again. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Oh it worked! Oh shit, alright. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know I'm glad you, you stayed committed, you know? So like eventually Eventually it'll be changed and eventually people either get tired or they'll go seek an alternative or they'll stick it out in, in you know, best of luck to whoever sticks it out. But, um, there's plenty of talent. It's just, you know, eight W or sorry, NXT and WWE, they played that long game. Um, yep. like, I mean, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Tegan Knox, like, uh, Viper, like all you're like, yeah, you know, Triple H is not the only. Sorry, I'm not the only Stardom fan. Like Triple H is. Don't don't yeah. you ever forget that this man had this man has or had two of the freedom. I don't know <laughs> how course. he didn't. I don't know why he didn't bring up Mayu. I don't know, but he got two of them.
2: Amazing. How many red belt champions have passed through that promotion?
3: Oh my God. Uh. Okay. So. B, Kyrie, EO, um, Tony Storm. That's four of the, I think, 11, 9, 10. Yeah.
2: I guess this is a good way to transition. Somebody was never a Red Belt champion. Uh, Jungle Kiona has left stardom. You
3: really did like this? You really did? <laughs> People are going to hate us, man. People are going to hate us. Don't do this. <laughs> James, hit the music. Oh, my God. All right, man. So, Jungle Keona, um, it, it was reported that as of uh, September 30th, she is no longer in stardom. Um, been a lot of speculation about, you know, who, if if she left, whether or not she couldn't get cleared by a doctor, um, you know, what she wants to do, if she's going to retire or not. Um, she stated she's going to continue. We don't know when and where she's going to show up. There are places I would love for her to to, uh, to end up at um, in a freelance capacity. I think, honestly, you look at the landscape for me personally, looking around, I think the best thing for her to do is to freelance and not join another uh, particular promotion at this time. Um, given that, like, there is just a, there is no real top freelancer right now. Like, once they got Shuri off the market from at the beginning of last year, like, there's kind of been a. Like, it's pretty much Asuka right now. Um, But Jungle could definitely make a lot of hay in places and not necessarily, like, be... I don't really think she fits in places that she can make a lot of money doing this, right? Like, I don't think that um, she's necessarily a really good fit for Tokyo Joshi Pro. Like, she comes in and she's probably your best worker immediately. And it's too cutesy for her like the only person you really think they'd like she could get a really good match out of the physical match given the way she wrestles with that kind of hard and fire would be like miyu but then like she maybe probably yuka too but like Mizuki, she just had she would just be a dominating big i don't like i don't really find it too uh too entertaining but whatever uh but anyway like you know she joined oz academy given you know the history with um with uh yoniyama um in Oz, Beast Friends, and you could be with Heroyo also as well, given they were former tag chance to them Um then you could throw like the the matchups that that, that that are there for Ice Ribbon. Um you know where I really wanted to go. I wanted to see it like I was- <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I
2: was waiting I want, to see how long you I would take her, to get the Seedling.
3: I want her in ceiling, more, more than any other promotion. I want her in Seedling with the Nye and the Seedling like the, 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 the Dow
2: House for like the ruffians. Like when when like they don't want to go to stardom no more, they end up in Seedling like well, to, I mean, to basically you know to throw down.
3: I mean, there are a bunch of places that throw down. Um, I think that the places that are really popular outside of stardom. Um aren't necessarily places that you think of when you think of like the throw down beat him up Joshi um the ceiling comes to mind because it's like you look at what you have there um you have Ressa Nakajima who will wrestle that super rough style um that jungle could do you have or the brawling style you have Royal Matsumoto who's there as a freelancer who you know like I've I will, i always wanted to see them have a singles match um like now that jungle's more experienced Nanai is obviously a slam dunk obvious one um Mizunami is a slam dunk, obvious one. Asuka is a slam dunk, you know, match or you know, undercard tag thing or whatever else they could do. Like there's a bunch of matchups where you say, like, all right, you got adults, they can wrestle at the highest level um in Joshi, and there's a collection of them that kind of the real the only and they don't do you know bullshit nonsense. Like the real the only the only answer for that is seedling. Mm-hmm. Um I mean you can say wave as well. That's that's why that's unfair. You can say wave as well, but I don't really follow wave as, as much as everybody else. But so you can say wave as well. Like, but I would love to see her in ceiling and wave more than anything. But any other two places. Um, as far as um, her post or her post stardom life, um, the word is that um, she has been working. She's been back in, in the job force, like a, as a good civilian, and um, stardom helped her get said job. So. Um, you know, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, the statement was that like they were happy that this they're not happy, but like it wasn't like a bad on both sides. This wasn't some um some bad feelings on either side. Like they're you know, she still loves Stardom and Stardom still loves her. Just is you know, it's beyond that time. I think she's she's thirty, thirty one at this t- at this point in her life. Um she's been she hasn't been around since she tore ACL on I think it was the October 4th or 5th show last year. Um, so she tore ACL, but she also had a shoulder, a bump shoulder she had been like dragging with around with her for a year after that from uh, the 2019 Grand Prix. She had soldiered through. So um, people had speculated whether or not like she was, uh, she could get cleared. Um, I don't believe that she couldn't get cleared and she'd start working somewhere else. Um, but either way, like we're talking about, you know, in our. Our experience watching uh, Stardom. For me, she is at worst the fourth best worker over that period of time. Um, She's had great matches. Um, G- give me your 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 most out there conspiracy theory
2: on why she left. <sighs> most out there conspiracy theory. Um, okay, so uh, you perused these these these. these oh, jokes from,
3: okay. So from them. Um, or well, you can put yours in too, but. I didn't really have one, so I was going to make one up. Uh, Oh, okay. But uh, I haven't... Okay, so... I mean, there are a lot of people that are just elated that she's leaving, right? Because, you know, a lot of the Joshi fans treat it as if, like, WWE... Or, stardom is WWE, and I'm just like, okay, bro, like one company is selling more tickets. The other one is lo- is selling less tickets. What, like one is growing like exponentially over in the middle of a pandemic. The other one has struggled, struggled and struggled through uh having no fans to then like get fans back. And then they want to go back to having no fans. uh Some of the people in uh company. So like, I don't know. I, 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 I disagree. I just disagree. Um, <laughs> yeah. So as far as a uh, wild conspiracy theory for me, um, I would say is that um, she looked around after she tore ACL saw the time saw the landscape saw who they're pushing um, consider her age and like she really wanted to be at the top of stardom um, she clearly wanted to be at the top of stardom that's the reason why she wrestled the way she did that's the reason why she uh, was uh, one of the better faction leaders that we, that we had ever saw in the two years or close to three years now watching stardom and she always had to eat shit she always was putting the shits in of the, of the stuff like they gave her the worst f- faction of wrestlers um she would have the great title uh challenges and she never paid it never paid off for her i, I remember um kigetsu's last really big match in stardom was um at, at the end of her um retirement tour kigetsu's uh it was in osaka and it was her and my or it was Kigetsu, Mayu versus Jungle and Momo. And like that is the best tag match I've ever seen in stardom. Um like if you want to talk about the um the Kyrie and uh Michael Satomura versus um Mayu and EO match from two thousand I think sixteen, go for it. I thought this match was better. Like, I thought they emptied the gun on each other and I thought like at the end, like and this was all to set up Jungle as the red belt title challenger for Mayu, and then um, the pandemic happened, so that we didn't get that until July. But like, she just looked awesome in that match. And um, I remember after that, Kagetsu, because she was a head trainer um, before until she uh, left, retired, said that like with her and Momo, like I want to do this match. I want to do this match with Mayu, but I also want to do this match with you two because you know we've had these we've had talks about you know. Um her saying that she believes like the true bloods and stardom, the, like the real stardom. Yeah. Like they believe that they should have a shot. And keep in mind this is before like Donna, Mano fully exploded. Like this is like early stages. Um, and, um, talked about how how hard it was that like, they, you know, they, you know, her and Momo kept this shit afloat as like Kyrie and EO left. Um, and now it's just a super prosperous place and they're kind of being overlooked or not kind of, they're being overlooked in, and you know by the by you know bushy or whoever else be underappreciated and like he talked about like those phone conversations it made me think like she really wants to be at the top of stardom and like she wants her room where she has her you know five six seven uh you know pay-per-view cork and hall matches whatever else where she goes out there and she goes get goes and gets four and a half with whoever else and People talk about her the same way we talk about like Tam or Shuri or Julia or Orisa Hoshiki or Momo over the last few years, um, or Mayu in the last few years. And like she never got that opportunity. She wasn't, and she knew she was never going to get the opportunity. Like I feel like that's a reason why Hazuki uh, left because like if you're Hazuki and you're um, two years older than Momo and you know. Look where Momo is and you're two years older even though you um you have some you have some inside track uh with management uh, over aesthetic uh likings to compare to Momo but it's like she got her run I never got my run we're more or less equals people talk about Momo like it's the most biggest disastrous thing in the world I fucking left and had to come back right um so I could see I could see where she was like I'm back I'm healthy. And I'm out. Hollow. Like, and she could get a run as the Beyond the Sea cha- Singles champion. Right? Like, um, there are people that there are people that said that they uh they want her in AEW and I thought to myself, my my brothers, that is not what I want to see. I do not I do not want to see Jungle Kiona have to babysit. I just got done watching her babysit. <laughs> I want her wrestling her peers, her contemporaries in in the in the scene. In, um, if she had came back and was the number two in stars, she she could have done that. had been in the tag scene with uh, Mayu or um, or Hazuki if she ended up in stars, or whatever else. Definitely could have done that. But there was clearly a ceiling, and she was never going to be a a, a red or white belt champion. And you know that stinks, but. That's the price of the brick in stardom now. Um,
2: Shit done changed.
3: Yeah. And to be fair, like this, we already knew she was never going to be Red or White belt champion before Donna Domano came in.
2: Yeah. She was like the original, like tortured uh, kind of person I-, I saw in stardom. So I uh, always drew a line between her and Ishii. Yep. Um, so, I to see her go. Um hopefully she probably been seedling. That's that's what I'm rooting for also. Yeah.
3: Um I just want to see her on big shows. Like cause it's been a while and you kind of forget after a while like how good she was, especially cuz it's like she's wrestling against like this this uh this group of people that like have vastly improved over the last from year to year to year, right? Like Tam Nakano is not the wrestler she was in 2019. 2019, wow. Tam Nakano is not the wrestler she was in 2021, 20, t- et cetera, et cetera. Same thing can be said for Azumi, same thing can be said for Utami, same thing can be said for a lot of them. Like, Kamata- or Kamatani is not, and, and Micah are way better wrestlers than they were a year ago. So, like, I, you know, I wonder. So, I, like, looking back on him, he's like, all right. She was great wrestling lesser wrestlers than um than where they are now. Like imagine what she could do if she was wrestling adults, like full on adults, like wrestling Nanai and and everybody else. Like I I would love to see it in in Wave as well. Like so, Big Show's train people, you know, third from the top, second from the top. That's what I want to see. I want to see Big Match Jungle have more big matches. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, but um. I guess yeah. I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up in a second, but like I want to throw out uh, some matches for you guys to check out. So the match I mentioned that tag match from February of two thousand twenty. Um, I want to say July of two thousand nineteen tag match for the uh, for the tag belts. Uh, Jungle and Konami challenging in her hometown of Nagoya versus um, Momo and uh, Utami. I thought she was spectacular in that match as well. Um, her red belt match from July of last year versus Mayu. Um, I think it's July twenty-fourth. Um her her white belt title defense against Momo from twenty nineteen and I think it's early March. Um that's one of the five or ten best matches I've ever I've seen in stardom since we started watching from twenty nineteen to now. Um She's a, she's a good fucking wrestler. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can also throw in her match with her white belt uh, title challenge against Arissa from August, early August 2019. Um, I don't like that match much. Everybody else, but people people think that's that's Arissa's best match. which I just I just vehemently disagree. I think it's her third best. But whatever. Um, she had a bunch of great matches. She was a great wrestler. Um, High or er, the Grand Prix match 2019 versus Kigetsu, Um I thought it was a great storytelling match. But yeah, just. great wrestler and i can't wait to see what she has left for uh for us and for her career
2: yeah man hopefully she's not finished um i I would like to at least see some more um current jungle
3: yeah uh but uh, i guess that's the end of the show um we may do a midweek show we'll see how this goes
2: yeah i'm traveling thursday so i'm not sure where that'll fit but um if not we'll be back monday
3: yeah, um, so yeah, that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using, listen this with. with. Um, also, go to Red Nation. That's with a donation. Um, Follow the
2: stream. Uh, you can do twitch. What the hell is the address on this? It's like twitch.tv slash Rich Latta. I've been streaming it for mine. Um, you might catch me playing, playing the video game on there or making beats or something before. Uh, the streams on here. You
3: and, ever, uh, do You ever besides besides this time of the of the week? Do you ever go on and just like rant on WWE? Or just or only just for me?
2: Um. So like, if I'm if I'm playing like Fire Pro or something, maybe mm-hmm. I'll like talk about wrestling. I'll just kind of no,
3: no cast then,
2: then huh? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll just be like, hey, you know, this is what I see on Twitter. This is what's going on. This was some bullshit. Da-da-da. And you know, just you know, just, just shoot the shit with whoever's in the chat.
3: Alright, um also go to pro teas.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex network merchandise. Um, and let's see the other shows. Um besides One Nation Radio, this show you have Keeping a Strong Style, the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast, From and Wash shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, and Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace. Later.